coaches make excuses for losing players and blame it on, uh, you know, that uh, they'll hell they're cheating, they're buying their players. You know, I even had Daryl Hall say that about me, and, and uh, I admired Daryl and his program in Texas, but, you know, for him to say we were a, a monster team that was cheating and all, I think it's what happens when you get paranoid because when you lose, you lose every damn time you play to us, it, uh, then you, you, you have to think, well, they're doing something that I'm not doing. That's probably cheating. Well, maybe it's because I had better players than he did at that time. And I do damn well I did. And so that's what we want. Uh, classic Barry Switzer. And a happy 85th birthday to the king himself. Which goes without saying, Travis Davidson. For 85 years old, the man is still looking uh, really, really good. Still looking great for 85 years old. Happy birthday to Barry Switzer. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, not necessarily just the cleanest of lifestyles over those 85 years either. <laughs> it's so, been uh, a so hard 85 bu- years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not buying that, uh, you know, alcohol is a preservative, I believe. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, there's nobody like him. There will never be another one like him, no doubt about that. What was the joke a couple of weeks ago in Lincoln? Like, I guess Tom Osborne. Yeah, Dr. Tom (laughs) has lived like this uh, clean life, apparently. And, you know, Barry's had a little bit more uh, hard years mixed in there. And uh, I I hope, uh, you know, Tom lives for several more years. But Barry looked pretty good compared to Dr. Tom Osborne, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Happy birthday to, uh, to the king. He's still a legend around here. 85 years old today. That's uh, that's awesome. Happy for him. Well, uh, here we go, man. Uh, smack dab in the middle of the week for, for OU Texas. Has your thoughts on this game changed at all from doing that postgame show on Saturday? Because that was kind of the height of the, the doom and gloom feeling around this team. Um, do you feel any better about OU's chances now that the week has gone on? Um. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, you know, that was that post game. Boy, it was rough. But, you know, you would like to think we couldn't play any worse. Um, but after checking out some things and, and seeing kind of what happened on plays, you know, run fit bus, coverage bus, things like that, that seemed to be just, you know, one guy was out of position. Or when you look at, you know, the, um, you know, the pass interference calls, things like that, like they're in good position. They're just they got to turn their head. Like simple things like that doesn't seem all too, you know, drastic as far as when it comes to fixing it. So, again, when you add that to the just general wildness, wildness and unpredictability of this rivalry, I do feel a little bit better. Now, I don't feel good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not out here thinking. I'm uh, there with you. you know, it's a two-score win or anything like that. I'm just. I'm giving us more of a chance than maybe I would have given immediately following uh, the TCU game. Yeah, a couple guys on a 24/7 Sports. They 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 pick the game against the spread every single Wednesday. Uh, one of their guys had uh, Texas 38, OU 28. Another had uh, Texas 38, OU 27. So both those guys thinking that. Texas is going to win, and they're going to cover the spread, and they're going to win on by double digits. And one guy, you know, kind of made the point of, you know, from the Texas side, they're talking about Hudson Carter, Quinn Ewers, but I don't really think it really matters all that much who plays between Hudson Carter and Quinn Ewers, which is an interesting point. I mean, Texas is has been banking on Quinn Ewers coming back and that offense looking like the best version of itself. 
I don't really know what to expect from the Texas offense, how much better it'll be if Quinn Ewers plays on Saturday. Um, and, and I kind of, like, my thoughts on this game really don't, and maybe this is totally wrong, like, my thoughts on this game really don't change all that much, whether it's Hudson Card or it's Quinn Ewers, because I don't think Texas' game plan changes all that much, you know, uh, depending on who the quarterback is. OU's game plan, depending on who the quarterback is, be it Dylan Gabriel or somewhere else, I think the game plan could be massively different. But for Texas, it's going to be bubble screens, one-on-ones down the field. I think it's going to look pretty much the same. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I know Texas fans got a little worked up about that when, when Brent said, you know, uh, they've got two excellent quarterbacks, you know. Uh, I don't think it changes much who they put out there. And Texas fans just lost their minds because they think, you know, I mean, I don't know what they expect him to say. Do they want him to come out and say, well, we hope we play Hudson Card because uh, he's a bum and Quinn Ewers is going to torch us. So uh, we hope we, we might as well not even travel to Dallas if Quinn's going to be healthy. I mean, I don't, I don't know what they expect him to say. Uh, but I, but I do agree with them. I mean, it's, it's not. Again, this, this isn't the difference of, like you said, having like, it's not a Kyler versus Sam Bradford type situation. It's not, you know, it's, it's not a completely different style of offense that they run. So, um, I, I do think with Hudson, we see a lot more of the run game, um, but, but still similar play calling. Um, they just probably will be a bit more effective in the run. Um, and as I said earlier, uh, you know, last hour. The run, the run success has done a lot to dictate uh, the winner of this matchup over the years. So, you know, you're going to have pros and cons with each of them in there. Um, if our de- the question is, can our defense step up to either of them? Yeah, well, and I do think it matters a little bit if Quinn Ewers is available or not. Which is that what they said last week? Did they say for the West Virginia game that he was available but not starting? I feel like maybe they they had said no, that. No, I think it was they I think they're 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 targeting an Oklahoma was it? return. Okay. I think was the official report. So, but cuz they were making all this hubbub every single week. Oh, he's going to be out 4 to 6 weeks initially, but he could be back in 2. Oh wait, no, he's not back. Oh, he could be back in 3. Oh wait, no, he's not back. Like should have just stuck with the initial uh, uh initial report. Maybe they were playing some mind games like I hope Brent Venables plays leading up to our game. Maybe maybe Sark was doing the same. It could be significant, though. It could be if Ewers is unavailable because, you know, oh, you found out the hard way. You know, you're one hit away from all of a sudden saying, oh, my God, what are we supposed to do offensively? You know, and, and we knew that that was the situation all the way back before the year with what you had in Dylan Gabriel compared to the rest of the roster. But if Ewers is unavailable to play – Texas now sits in a situation, I guess like they have been for the past few weeks, where they're one hit away from potentially being in a more dire spot offensively than what OU could find themselves in going into Saturday. Now, I get it. To to knock Card out of the game, you got to actually get a pass rush. you got to actually uh, tackle someone. I, I hear you, text line, before you even say it. But if Hudson Card is quarterback one and Quinn Ewers is in street clothes, then... Crazy things happen in this game, and I guess you're always one play away from it being the Texas side that has to panic offensively, if that's, if that's anything to anybody. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you'd like to be, I guess, in OU's situation uh, when it comes to that, right, is you understand that you're not, show, uh, you're not sure whether, you know, Evers is going to go, whether Bevel's going to go, whether Dylan's going to go. You're not sure of all that, so you're getting all those guys reps, right? You're likely only, if you're Texas, you're likely only getting Hudson and Quinn reps if Quinn is up for it. So, 
Um, yeah, if it were a situation where they would have to go to a backup, you would think that they would be a little less prepared than Oklahoma would be because we kind of got the got the jump on it in that situation. Text line says, "Who's our cup? Uh, who's our Cooper Rush this week?" Um, I, I mean, I can tell you who I think is going to be your Cooper Rush in terms of who starts at backup quarterback. But you know what Cooper Rush has had. Since he's compiled that three and zero record as a uh, backup Parsons quarterback this year, Diggs, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's been less to do about Cooper Rush and more to do about an awesome defense that the Cowboys have had this year. Which kind of goes back to the point of we have talked about quarterback play and offense, and we will continue to do so. But when you see backup quarterbacks have success, it's because the defense on the other side is playing at a very, very high level. Like, that's the story here Saturday. This this defense is going to have to figure out a way against some of the best uh, weapons they've seen this year to turn in a probably a memorable performance Saturday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If, if Micah Parsons has more, uh, has more eligibility left, please, by all means, He'll be in Dallas. Oh, you did I'm recruit sure, him so. before he landed at Penn State. Oh, I know. I remember. It's it's. Oh. That's one thing about following recruiting so closely is you remember, like, guys in the league now, like, you remember how close we were on certain guys to, you know, it's 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 interesting looking over all that. But, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It, it comes down to, and the text line has touched on this a bit, like, maybe we're all – we're all, you know, rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic because really the water that's coming into the ship is coming from the defense. So it 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 may it may not heavily matter who starts for us at quarterback if if you know if they're it depends on how effective they're going to be if our defense can't stop Bijan or Xavier Worthy's running wide open with not 20 yards anybody within 20 yards of them it may not matter Tyler. Uh, Murphy can ball, says the text line. Well, may, maybe we haven't. I don't think he's taken a snap this year, right? I feel like, and this, <laughs> hey, I, I'm, I'm never one to argue with with Ted when it comes to football stuff. I know he loves Malik Murphy, but Malik Murphy isn't listed in like I don't even think that he's like fourth on their depth chart. Like he's he's way down there. And I'm getting, I know he was five star, you know, but I feel like we've had this conversation with Micah Bowens a lot. Uh, recently is we've we've had Micah for a while now and yes he looked good in the spring game but the coaches are with these guys every day right and he's on the depth chart where he is for a reason he hasn't been traveling to the uh, away games I, I think that might be a little bit of a Malik Murphy type situation he's got the body type you know he's got the athleticism and everything like that but he just doesn't he doesn't seem to be able to climb his way up the depth chart so um, no with with Texas, I mean, after Hudson Card, um, you know, they've got Charles Wright, who's a redshirt freshman, uh, that got some looks, obviously, for Texas already. So that's who they that's who they would turn to in this uh, situation. Uh, let's see. They haven't turned their head on defense in five years. There's that. True. Uh, it's, true. it's a good text. Uh, yeah. Red River rivalry score prediction. OU 14, Texas 7. Time of possession, OU has it for 57 minutes and 3 seconds. Texas has it for 2 minutes and 57 seconds. Go on the boom. Army. The Army. Are we, are we running the triple option in this scenario as well? Have to be. Texter from the 6-2-0. Have to be. Some people are going to have to get their uh, Jaron Canick Wildcat quarterback for 58 runs wish come true on that one if it's a uh, 57 minutes to 2.5. Sand Springs here. It's Texas. Last time I checked, they still suck. 
Boomer Sooner, baby. OU by That's three. That's right, Sandite. Let's go. 27-24. We still finished nine and three. Only other loss is to Little Sister and Stoolwater. At least there's some optimism today on the text line. I had to wake everyone up on the uh, on the opening segment of Locked In today, and yesterday it was still all doom and gloom. And maybe those are the last two texts that we get that are picking OU to win or have any any optimism, but. We're at least starting off the 3 o'clock hour today with at least two people thinking that they have a chance. I'm uh, interested it. to see how many more people will join by the end of the show today. I love it. Sand Springs must have must have had some uh, Minute Man pizza for lunch uh, to get uh, that good a mood going, that much optimism going. Um, yeah, I mean, again, again it's, it's OU Texas. You never know what's going to happen. Our defense, I've been told, I mean – Ted had a, you know, has said it all week. It it seems fixable. Like they just need to, like, actually run it correctly, execute it correctly. Like they've been close. We've seen this defense play well. It's just when when there's a bust, one guy can be in the wrong spot, and all of a sudden you give up a seventy yard touchdown. And Billy Bowman being out obviously was was uh, impactful. We will say, um, but I'd love to see these. Uh, Love to see these defensive ends actually, you know, get after the quarterback, get some pressure like we got used to yeah. seeing those first three games. I, I mean, yeah, I, when we're talking about fixing the issues defensively, we can sit here and go chalkboard talk about linebackers or corners or safeties or whatever. But the quickest way, Travis, for this defense to play a lot better on Saturday is getting pressure on the quarterback. That goes without saying. Bijan Robinson can't rush for 250. And whether it's Quinn Ewers or Hudson Card or Malik Murphy or whoever it is, you, you've got to figure out a way to get consistent pressure. It's not. A, I don't think it's that big of a mystery. The first three games, you were getting consistent pressure. And the defensive numbers were pretty good. The past two games, guys like Reggie Grimes haven't even showed up in the stat sheet and, well, just magically, you have all these issues defensively. That's where it starts, dude. Like, we don't have to overcomplicate this. Can you get pressure on the quarterback or not? And judging by that, I mean, by that answer alone, if you were to tell me now, well, I could probably tell you uh, how many points they give up on Saturday. They don't get any pressure at all, then I'm sure Texas will score in the high 40s, 50s. They, they've got enough right. offensive talent to do so. Yeah, it's it, that's true. And it's they've got the, like I said, Xavier Worthy, um, if, if Quinn's in, he can certainly sling it deep. But B. John Robinson, he's one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the country. He, we're going to have our work cut out for us. And, you know, you, you talked about in the, in, in the last hour, uh, you talked about, you know, how, how much pressure is on Texas in this game and how they've performed in big pressure situations in the past have not performed well. Given the opportunity to fold, Texas has often uh, seized the opportunity to fold. So, I mean, evidenced by obviously last year, the six game losing streak, everything like that. If, you know, Bijan, if, if Bijan gets shut down somehow and we, and we make that our only goal, shut him down and they start a skid, who's to say Bijan just, just doesn't opt out and say, you know what? I've been seeing that since before. I'm a the first year, round man. pick. I'm a first round pick and it is what it is. I think it is important if it is Quinn specifically. Um, we are not going to see the quarterback run game that has absolutely gashed us uh, the last two weeks. So there's something to be said from for that schematically is not having to spy a quarterback. Now, you might just, 
you know, keep an extra guy just just to try and tackle Bijan, no doubt about it. Like you said, the guy is the truth. I have no problem admitting when, you know, other teams players are elite, but we just can't we just can't let if 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 he runs up the middle, bullies some dudes and scores, I will be okay with that if we're in the right position and a guy just beat us as opposed to seeing Xavier Worthy run down the middle of the field with you know nobody within 20 yards that will be far more frustrating than to just get beat by sure. somebody that's better than you yeah and look I, I think Brent clearly Brent's got some pressure uh it, you know going into Saturday I mean losing three games in a row is going to be a really tough look with I think even the toughest game still remaining coming down the stretch it's going to be a very it's going to be a very uh, mad fan base if they lose their third consecutive game. There's some pressure to be had. I don't think Brent's going to get fired at the end of the year or anything like that, but there's pressure there. There's more pressure on Sark, though. I mean, Travis, he's 8-9 and nine as a head coach throughout his first 17 games. They don't have a signature win. Their best win is a close loss to Alabama at this point. They were 5-7 and seven last year. And I don't know if it means anything for this game or not. I think it could potentially mean something if it's a close game late. But if Sark loses this game, I don't know kind of what the temperature on him in Austin is right now. But if he loses this game, I think it could tip it to where it's a spot that he never gets it back on the positive side. He'll be 8-10, and and then that's going to be a demoralized football team, right? Like, Sark admitted this past offseason that the OU game last year broke those guys, and they were never able to recover. Well, who's to say that that can't happen again, right? Like After OU, they play Iowa State at home, okay, but then they got to go to Stillwater, they got to go to Manhattan, they play TCU at home, which I think TCU could be, it might be better than Texas, then they got to go to KU, and then they got to go to Baylor. Like, understand what I'm saying here, it's, this is a massive game for Sark, and maybe up to this point, the biggest game of his coaching career, because if he loses this, I think this could be the beginning of the end for him at UT. This is a massive game for him. Oh, yeah, because if, if you don't if you don't beat this Oklahoma team in what we all know as a as a rebuild, if you don't beat them as they're tearing everything down to the studs and everything like that, and they still find a way to make you 0-2 against OU, that's going to be tough because, you know, early on, I believe it was uh, Mac Brown that was told when he was uh, on staff at Oklahoma, um, you know, what's the most important thing uh, um, you got to do as, as a coach at OU? And the answer was beat Texas. Like, you, you just have to beat, beat Texas. That's number one priority is beat Texas every year. So with that being said, if Sark starts out his career, not only the overall losses, but 0-2 against OU in one where you had a massive lead in the first half. And then the you know the next OU's coming off two losses, doesn't have a conference win yet, not even sure how their, who their quarterback's going to be. Um, you know, all the stats say Texas should win this. Um, what's interesting, though, um, historical stats are in his favor as well as OU head coaches uh, in their in their first time in uh, OU Texas as a head coach is are five fourteen and two Jeez. in their Red River debut. Whoa. So um, not great for uh, Coach Venables. He is eight and five against Texas as a defensive coordinator. Um, so I don't know if he's what I don't know if he's going to succumb to the first year head coach rule because he already has thirteen games against Texas in his career. He knows this rivalry in and out. It's not he's not the lights aren't going to be too bright for him by any means. Well, it's eleven a.m. So there's going to be no lights on. But you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah, five fourteen and two is not a great stat, but hey, 
We start. We're on a one. We're on a one-game winning streak, uh, uh, at least with a or two-game uh, with Lincoln and Bob. So it'll be interesting. Uh, what was that stat again? Five fourteen and one. First year 5, head coach. Five fourteen and two. Oh, first, five fourteen. First and two. year head coach. And John Blake is one of the five to win his first yep. matchup against Texas as a head yeah. coach. Wow. Yeah, Texas Wild. has definitely had the uh, the upper hand in those ones. But again, when you look at how the rivalry's gone in the last, you know. 50 years um it's it's definitely favoring our side so yeah if sark doesn't get it done man the pressure just keeps going up and up beginning of the end for him if he loses saturday if ou beats him with the backup quarterback i I think it could be over for him when you start wondering is 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 arch's commitment the only thing that is 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 it the last link that's holding him on the edge or that the fingernails as he as he as he hangs from the windowsill, is arch the finger the fingernails that keep him up on that ledge? Who knows? Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll get to uh, as many texts as we can coming up next. Keep keep it locked right here. It is the Friday Rush. Yes, it's a Wednesday. We still call this show the Friday Rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Keep it locked on the Ref. Football is here, and your home for the best Sooner coverage statewide is the Ref. From the booth to the sidelines and beyond, our guys are there. The OU football talk you crave is right here. On your home for Sooner fans, the ref. It is the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson with you until 6 p.m. today. Keep those texts coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. After today, you can catch Travis and I. Let's see, Travis. We'll be on together 8 to 10 a.m. from the the lobby of the Omni Hotel downtown in Dallas, 8 to 10 before the game, and then uh, 3.30 to 5.30 after the game as well. So your pre- and post-game coverage will be uh, we'll be in downtown Dallas talking about the big game on Saturday, man, and it's going to be here uh, before you know it. It's crazy how, how fast this week has gone. Yeah, man. it's I, I can't wait to get down there, too. Like I said, I'm leaving tomorrow. Um, really excited. I'll be speaking with Parker Thune and uh, Porter Moser, actually. He'll be nice. the keynote speaker at the OU Club of Fort Worth. Uh, they're at the Petroleum Club in Dallas. So, Really excited for that, and uh, yeah, just excited to get down there because you know what? As as bad as the last two weeks have been, and they've been bad. We have been a really bad football team the last two weeks. Man, the spirits would get such a jolt if we were able to pull off the upset uh, in the Texas State Fair. If if, if that happens, whew, it's going to be a lot more fun post game show than we've had. The, the it's a completely weeks. different reaction based off of a win. And a loss, you know, like just beating Texas can kind of rejuvenate an entire fan base and make the rest of the year look way more optimistic. Like how you play against Texas may not matter, you know, at all what happens against Kansas, but you know, as well as I do, Travis, the difference in a win or loss against Texas is going to massively determine if people think OU is going to beat Kansas at home the following Saturday. It totally changes your outlook on the year based on a win or loss. 
Of course it does. Of course it does. And I'll I, I tell you what, we talk about recruiting and guys being locked in and, and, and when, obviously, P.J. Atabara is locked in, Jackson's locked in. You, you see, um, you know, Ron Vickers and Corey Vickers talking about how they're locked in. Uh, even Ricardo LeBlanc talking about how he's like – Everybody seems to be like understanding. Look, this is—we're not worried about this year. We know what we signed up for. We have faith in BV and Bates and uh, Levy and all these guys uh, that we committed to. Um, with that, what this could do to Texas's class—if somehow they lose to an Oklahoma team that, I mean, we all think they should beat. Vegas thinks they should beat. Uh, if they do that and Sark goes zero and two, and they kind of start on the skid. And then they have guys like Malik uh, uh, Muhammad taking visits. You have Cedric Baxter taking visits. You have these guys taking visits, and and things could get ugly on the 40 acres. OU wins by one, and we break Texas hearts, says the text line, and the monkey bites Bevo. Gia the monkey's going to be there? Oh, oh man, got to bring the monkey. Got to bring Gia the monkey. Hey, I, this year has already been a – Way bigger success than last year because, you know, Texas has already lost a couple games, but at least it hasn't been the clown show off the field that it was a year ago. Gia the monkey, you had the assistant coach screaming at the team on the bus that went viral against Iowa State. It felt like two or three other things happened last year. Like At least Texas hasn't been a clown show uh, off the field. At least Sark has that going for him so far. Yeah, it's... It's wild, man. I mean, you just at, – at, at points in time with Texas, you've thought, man, it, get, can't, it can't get crazier than this. It truly can't get crazier. With each tech, with each Kansas loss – and Kansas – don't get it twisted. Kansas has won games this year. They've won all their games this year. The Kansas of this year is not the team that has beaten Texas recently. Like, bad, bad Kansas beat Texas. We're not even talking 08, you know, Orange Bowl Kansas. So – uh, with that all being said, like Texas has had some moments where you're like, oh my God, they just got to shut down the program. I mean, that the pole assassin, Jeff Banks, the Halloween, the monkey biting the kid, like that seemed, it 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 seemed too perfect. It seemed like out of a movie. It was spooky I season, mean, all right, last year in Twitter Austin. Twitter was, I mean, she was tweeting through it, and PFT commenter is acting as like her attorney. <laughs> like on Twitter, having her having her tweet out all the details of what happened. Oh my gosh, those are those are some of the more fun nights in uh, social media history. Oh yeah, thank you, Texas. They're the gift that keeps on giving. And I say it all the time, Travis. But uh, if you got to handpick your rival in college football, oh, you got the best draw out of anyone because they're always overhyped. And they're so easy to make fun of, man. I mean, they do 90% of the work for you. To, I mean, they're such an easy target. OU, OU hit the jackpot when it came to uh, picking out rivals in this sport. It's, it's too easy, dude. From the 918, guys, there's been a couple of true freshmen with serious wheels that have beaten Texas. Can Evers possibly join the legacy of Jason White and Caleb Williams? Look. I just I, I don't think Evers is going to start on Saturday. And maybe I'm proven wrong, and, and maybe they go with the wild card here, but the guy has never taken a snap at this level before. I, I guess I just have a hard time believing that they're going to say, hey, all right, your first taste of college football, we're going to throw you in our uh, biggest rivalry game of the year. I, I can buy in that he's the best dual-threat quarterback out of uh, General Booty and definitely um, 
why, why am I blanking on uh, Davis Bevel? But I, I just I don't think we're going to see him on Saturday unless something drastic happens. Yeah, I could see maybe a package or something like that. Maybe if maybe if Dylan's good to go, but they don't want him running very much, and they've got a couple plays that they want to run, uh, you know, out of a package for for Evers because he does have wheels. There's no doubt about it. Um, and he's got you know he's he's got a nice. Uh, you know, a, a nice, smooth running style. It's it's not a Kyler-type situation, but he can break away. He's got breakaway speed. So um, with that, yeah, put a package, but I don't think they just trot him out there, like, at the start of the game and say, okay, here you go, here's here's 90 plays. Like, you know what I mean? So. I, look, and, and I'm giving the answer that I know everyone doesn't want to hear. I, I And I'm just saying who I think starts the game. Like, who I who I would start is probably a different answer. But who do I think starts on Saturday if Dylan Gabriel is unable to go? My guess, Travis, is you got Davis Bevel that trots out there with a probably pretty short leash. I, actually, I don't know how long the leash would be. But I think Davis Bevel would start, and then General Booty's your backup in this situation. I know that doesn't excite really anyone, but that's just how I think the game plan's going to go. Yeah, uh, you know, the coaches had said that, that Evers have come, has come on real strong in these last three or four weeks in practice, has looked like he's playing his best ball, practicing his best. Um, but, yeah, w- given the information that we have, Tyler, is we've only seen one other quarterback really in, in mop-up duty, right, in the first few games. And then when Dylan went down, one quarterback went in in the post-game press conference when – asked about, you know, will Davis be the guy going forward? They said, you know, Davis, you know, we'll make sure that he's prepared. You know, we'll have him ready to go. I mean, all signs, Tyler, every single sign points to Davis Bevel playing. Yeah. So, again, a lot of people obviously aren't going to like that, and I'm I'm one of them. I mean, he, he, he looked like a statue out there. He just – he looked like he the, the game was just moving way too fast for him. But we have no – we have no proof that General or Nick would look any different like because we, we have not seen them in that scenario. Now, I do think the staff is kicking themselves probably because we had opportunities against UTEP, Kent State, and Nebraska to get other guys in there, to get General Booty in there, to get Nick Evers in there, and just see what they look like, see what they look like at, at game speed against somebody other than your own team. Well, now we go into Texas, and we've only seen Davis Bevel and you you didn't have any opportunities to uh, get a look at anybody else prior to now you're in dire straits. Chase in Orange County says, question, who has the better O-line, TCU or Texas? Point being, if we can generate a solid pass rush against a Texas O-line that has two true freshmen, maybe we can make it hard for their quarterbacks to find open wide receivers. OU with the pass rush, they win 28-20. Um, who has the better O-line, TCU or Texas? I, this is just a guess, honestly. I think it's probably pretty comparable. Texas' offensive line actually played pretty well against Alabama, though Will Anderson seemingly lined up in the neutral zone like eight or nine times that game. Right? What was that all about? I, d- I don't know what that was all about. Well, He's a TCU really good player. TCU has a better center. Like, TCU's center is a, is a league-type guy. Um, but, like, Kelvin Banks has played extremely well. Um, for Texas, so um, where I think where where TCU is better is is in the interior, um, whereas Texas might have better tackles. If we give up deep bombs for touchdowns consistently, I say screw it, release the dogs and blitz the hell out of them. 
this one says, where the hell has Ethan Downs been? He's a friggin' captain and can't make a tackle ever. Uh, let's see. Zane says, Texas doesn't get the ball out as fast as TCU. OU's defensive line will have more success this game. I Yeah, I mean, if you want to say OU's defensive line is just as important as the OU quarterback play on Saturday, maybe you don't go that far, but it's not that far off, Travis, to say that this OU defensive line is at least the second most important position group on the field on Saturday. Yeah, and, and what's interesting, and, and obviously you can't um, – obviously you can't put everything in PFF. I know people – that's a kind of a hot hot button issue of whether you, you know, uh, subscribe to PFF thinking or not. Um, but Ethan Downs was graded as one of the highest uh, defensive linemen in the Big 12 through uh, three or four weeks. And, you know, it's not always just the guys that are getting the sacks – um, that are that are the ones that uh, you know are the only ones making the impact. So he's had his moments, but realistically, Tyler, the entire defense has to play better. I mean, I almost feel weird sing- singling out a, a player or two because when you when you have TCU, you know they gained nearly 500 yards in the first half, and they could have they could have hung you know 60, 70, you know 80 on you. I don't. It's definitely not just a a, a one or two or even three person problem. This is a 10, 12, 15 person problem oh, yeah. that we had on the defense against TCU. Yeah. Well, we were really talking about the weakness of the corners until Saturday, right? Like it was mostly about the backers or the defensive line. Where were they against Kansas State? Seriously. And that was like one of the worst parts about TCU is yet you figured out, like you, you didn't feel any better about any other positions you felt worse about more positions, and corner being one of those, uh, you know, unfortunately. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. It is the rush right here on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Keep it right here. Cavis Construction bringing you this hour of the rush. If you have a, an emergency repair, Cavis Construction, they can help you out with that. CavisConstruction.com for more information. Current odds to win the Big 12 Conference. As you can imagine, Travis Davidson, uh, not looking too good right now for OU. Oklahoma State is the betting favorite right now to win the league at plus 275. That's actually pretty good odds for them. Kansas State, plus 350. Texas, plus 425. TCU plus 450, Baylor all the way back at plus 700, KU plus 800, and that's when you really get back uh, far into the pack. OU is plus 2,500 right now, 25 to 1 odds essentially uh, to win the conference right now. Tech is at 33 to 1, Iowa State at 50 to 1, West Virginia at 66 to 1, but if you were ever looking for uh, really good odds for OU to win the conference, well, you had to wait on back-to-back conference losses, uh, plus 2,500 at this point for the Sooners. They're way back in the pack. Oof. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think what, uh, what the worst odds for Oklahoma 
has been over the over the years. Obviously, sports betting is now more popular than it's ever been, um, and way just more public than it's ever been, which has really been cool. Um, but yeah, that's that's got to be that's got to be the farthest we've been behind Kansas. As, as oh my God! To, yes, as the odds to win the you have I mean, the maybe worst ever odds in the history of the Big Twelve. Yeah, uh, maybe in like '96 uh, they beat you at home, and I think '97 they beat you in Lawrence. I think that we're yeah we're talking about the '90s. The last time Kansas had at any point in the year better odds to win the conference than OU, and and hey, like not just slightly, Kansas is plus eight hundred and OU's plus twenty five hundred. So there's a massive gap right now between the two teams. Um, but if you had a hundred bucks, who would you put? Where would you put your money right now to to win the league? Oh man, um, I'd have to go with OSU. Uh, but that win over Baylor was so big. Uh, I do I do expect Spencer Sanders to have one game where he you know kind of blows up, kind of like in golf, you've got that blow up hole. I expect him to have a blow up hole at some point. Um, but after the performance at Baylor, uh, I think you've got to put them on top. Yeah, I uh, just like for odds-wise, because they're plus 700, I I, uh, I still think Baylor's a really good team. I, I know that they have two losses already, but I, I just tend to think that they're going to figure out a way. I think they'll get it figured out, and I, I think that they're going to play in the conference championship this year. It probably, the way it looks right now, I think it might be an Oklahoma State-Baylor rematch. Certainly Kansas State and TCU are in the mix of that. Even Kansas is in the mix of that right now. Uh, I would guess an OSU Baylor rematch if I had to if I had to throw it out now, though. Yeah, I, I would expect it as well. But you never know, man. Kansas State, TCU, are they going to have anything to say about that? I mean, it's it's interesting because if Adrian Martinez plays half as well against the rest of the league as he played against us, they're going to keep winning. So, man, the Big Twelve is is truly fascinating this year. It's going to be good football in the Big 12 after OU and Texas leave. There's no doubt about that. But it's just they don't have the the you know the punch. You know that that prime. They don't have the heavy punch, hitter. Right? Yeah, like, they don't they have don't the big have time program. Bloods. They yes. don't have anything like that. I mean, you look at Tyler. Here's an interesting you know question. I feel who how long after OU is out of the Big 12? How long does it take somebody to catch them in Big 12 championships? Oh, my gosh. Well, everyone is starting with such a low number right now. What, Baylor right. has two, right? 13 and right. 14. OSU has one. Iowa State has zero. No, Baylor has three, right? Because last year. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. 13, 14 last year. Um, God, I, OSU has one. 30 years, maybe? Um, 40 years? That's uh, that's the, the, the long way to insane. go. I feel like the Big 12 is going to be disbanded by – by the, by the time anybody yeah. were ever to catch us. Dang. Yeah, no, man. It's going to – because there's going to be a lot of parity in that league. You know? Like, Cincinnati's going to have some good teams. BYU's going to have some good like, – I don't see one program that's going to consistently run that league like OU has done for over a long period of time. So, maybe 40 – like, 40 years isn't aggressive enough. It's It might even take longer than that. Which I'm sure OU fans will be flexing in 50 years that they still have the most – Big 12 championships out of anyone still left in that league. Yeah, it's give me give me your Big 12 champion in 2026. Who is it? 2026. I I'll say Dave Aranda still at Baylor, so I'll say Baylor. 
I don't know okay. if Mike Gundy – I bet Mike Gundy's actually probably at Oklahoma State. Those are still probably your top two programs, but, like, Sonny Dykes might have something going at TCU, right? Um, right. I think Chris Kleiman's still going to have pretty good football teams at Kansas State, and who knows what Luke Fickle at Cincinnati is going to be able to do. Like, I mean, that just kind of goes to the overall point of how long it's going to take someone to reach that many conference championships that OU has because every single year it's going to be a – it's going to be a competitive league. Not not one team's going to run it. UCF as well. I we didn't even mention them. They'll have right. some really good teams mixed in. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because you know are these it, with the big time TV contracts in the Big Ten and the SEC and whatnot. Like if if the Big Twelve has to play on HGTV Plus, uh, you know, on Friday nights, you know what you know what's that deal going to look like? Are they still going to be flush to be able to afford Aranda, um, to be able to afford, you know, a, a, an extension for, you know, Fickle or anything like that. Like, are you going to see the even the Nebraskas of the world um, start picking people off just simply due to the amount of money that they have coming in that they can pay these yeah. people? Yeah, maybe so. All right, we'll close up uh, hour number one of The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. It is the rush on the ref, and they're listening right now inside a major league ballpark, Travis Davidson. Uh, our buddy our buddy Lane in California just sent us a picture from inside Petco Park. He's watching game 162 between the Padres and the San Francisco Giants. Uh, looks like Mike Yastrzemski is up to bat right now inside Petco Park, but he says he has the rush blaring inside the ballpark on this last day of the regular season. So uh, appreciate no, like you out there, it. Lane. Good stuff, I like man. to hear it. Old, he'll have to uh, talk trash a little bit to old Steve Bullard. He's a uh, he's a big Padres fan, so uh, I have to get that little rivalry going. But, yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, love hearing that people are tuned in from around the country and really around the world. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's really, really cool. Are we going to see another big-time uh, college football job open up on Saturday? Because, dude, the trend is, well, we think we're going to want to fire you in two months' time, so let's just fire you now. That's basically what Wisconsin, it felt like they did. Uh, Colorado's without a coach. Nebraska's without a coach. There's several other teams without a coach. I'm wondering if Auburn's finally just going to say, yeah, we got destroyed by Georgia this weekend. Uh, we're going to want to fire you anyway, Brian Harson. We're just going to go ahead and say peace to you now. See you, dude. Yeah, you know, you look over the landscape, and you do expect jobs to kind of come open. I, I kind of – so I compare it to a fantasy football draft, right? Once you see – you know, a quarterback or a defense come off the board, there's a run on them. Um, I feel like in order to gain an advantage in the in the coaching search market, once you get that Nebraska, okay, Wisconsin, you got to start moving because these guys are all, you know, back-channeling interviews uh, right now. So once you go on that run, you got to go on that run. got to find your guy. It's true. Hour number two of The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.